0: Potential off-season moves for the Nationals next on this edition of the Talk Nats Podcast. (music) Hello and welcome in to this edition of the Talk Nats Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network simulcast On the Believe in Nationals podcast, I am so glad you decided to join me today. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code MINUTECAST at Manscaped.com. We're also brought to you by SeatGeek. Take $20 off your first ticket purchase when you use promo code TALKNATS at SeatGeek.com. That's promo code T-A-L-K-N-A-T-S for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Yes, that works for Capitals tickets, Wizards, Music, Comedy Theater, so much more. At SeatGeek.com, just use promo code TALKNATS. And we're also brought to you by hairclub.com. Live your best hair life with Hair Club, and you can do that with the fine folks over at hairclub.com just use promo code MINUTECAST. So in today's edition of the Talk Nats podcast, we're talking baseball in December. I mean, why not? As I record this at 9 p.m., Eastern time, uh, you know, there is a bit of a lag. If you're a Capitals fan, you know they're not playing until 10 o'clock tonight, the dreaded West Coast trip. I thought I have an hour to kill here to talk to you guys about some Nationals baseball and potential moves that could stand to bolster this team. Uh, We do know that they didn't get quite the season that they were looking for last year, but they showed improvement over the year before that, and that's ultimately what it's all about. What do they have to do to help kind of get them over the hump? Um, and I was kind of forwarded this uh, article here by the guys over at TalkNats, which uh, ended up reading uh, MLB Trade Rumors also covered this story, talking about potential movement in the Nationals, uh, finishing the 2023 season with a 71 and 91 record that left them as one of the worst teams in the NL, even as it represented a substantial improvement over the club's 107 loss 2022 campaign. And uh, you know, it, it's it's an interesting, and the way you look at it, it's it's all about perspective, I guess. Some people would say, you know. I listened to your podcast, Dan, and you talk about how the Nationals showed improvement. Are you not aware that they were one of the worst teams in the National League? And yes, I am. Statistically, I understand that. But with that being said, I'm also aware that this team is in the midst of a rebuild. Um, we do know that there were big, you know, movements that were made a few years ago uh when we talked about that they traded Scherzer and 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 Trey Turner and and Josh Bell and Juan Soto and what that meant and ultimately kind of totally gutted the roster that it was going to be a tough at least couple of years, and it has been that. And then some, you know, uh just were not that far removed from the World Series of 2019. Uh, that how does this team get back into their winning ways? How do we bring, you know, great baseball back to the district? Is it possible? And how are they going to be able to do it uh, under the, you know, the the banner of a rebuild? I mean, we know the young talent that's on this team, uh, but is that young talent enough? Uh, we do know that Dom Smith is not going to be back with the Nationals next year kind of bit of a surprise. If you ask me, he was that veteran voice. I know that he didn't really show up, you know, at the plate, but I thought he was a good, uh, a good veteran leader, especially like when Josiah Gray was kind of calling out Jake Young and he, Jake Young. And he looked uh, to uh, Josiah Gray and he said, yeah, we don't do that here. You know, that was one of the moments I think that uh, Dom Smith kind of took the leadership reins and kind of was the the veteran voice. But ultimately, Baseball, like all of other professional sports, is a league and a sport of what have you done for me lately? And ultimately, I think that the Nationals are going to try to see if they have more viable options. But one name is quite familiar with the Nationals organization, and that is Jamer Candelario. We remember when the Nationals acquired him from the Detroit Tigers, um, it was kind of a reclamation project, and I was pretty hyped. Uh, when Jamer came over to the Nationals, I looked at the back of his baseball card and I was pretty hyped. And some people said, well, you know, this is just, this is a short-term thing. They're going to flip him and, you know, don't expect too much. Well, part of that assessment was true. They did, they did flip him. But I think that he played a huge role uh, with the Nationals in his time here. Is it possible that they try to bring back Jamer Candelario? And ultimately, why would they do that? Uh, there are options in-house with Brady House and Carter Keeboom, the Carter Keeboom experiment. Um, And it's, you know, one of the things that's interesting for me is before Carter Keeboom came back, kind of surprisingly to the Nationals this last season, kind of out of the blue, I had written him off as, you know, here we go again. We're kind of going through the motions, you know trying to make good on this Carter Keyboom thing. But he impressed, all things considered, even though it was a small sample size. I thought he impressed. it. But the thing of it is, and, you know, it's been kind of the bugaboo about Carter Keyboom for the longest time, is that, is he sustainable? Is his success sustainable? Some people point to injuries, you know, for Carter Keyboom. That's ultimately what's holding him back. But it seems to me that even when he gets his opportunities When he's healthy, he doesn't really make the most of it. So ultimately, I think that's why Mike Rizzo is out there kicking the tires, and he didn't have to look too far as uh, the potential talk of Jamer Candelario. Uh, The club has already been linked to a reunion with third baseman Jamer Candelario, who was posting career best numbers with the Nats prior to being uh, dealt to the Cubs at the trade deadline. And ultimately, why did the Nationals do that? So let's kind of take a look back into... The, in, into the history on why it was done, to flip him, to get prospects. That's what you do in a rebuild. Uh, the Nationals uh, followed their recent trade deadline trend and swapped a veteran on an expiring contract, and they did it for prospects. Washington acquired shortstop Kevin Made and left-hander DJ Herz, uh from Chicago in exchange for Condelario. And ultimately, I think it's worth it. I think Made's pretty good. I think that DJ Herz, you know, has a potential and that's what it's about. It's about getting younger. And hopefully, you know, this this talent that you acquire, hopefully some of it's worth something at some point. And if it's not, you can flip it, you can move it around. But I think that, you know, you do need a veteran voice on the team. And Jamer Candelario, I think, is that. I think that he was pretty impressive, all things considered, when he played on the Nationals. I think that he far uh, exceeded everyone's expectation. That is my belief anyway. So other players that are being linked, again, this is according to our friends at TalkNats, and this article covered in MLB Trade Rumors. The report suggests the club has interest in first baseman Reese Hoskins and outfield DH slugger Jorge Soler in addition to Candelario. Uh, That would be good. I ultimately like that. I've always kind of liked Reese Hoskins' game watching him from afar, you know, just when the Nationals play or just listening to different, you know, podcasts or listening to MLB radio, uh, that uh, I think that, you know, it's a viable option. And that's what I think that the Nationals are looking for. I don't think they're going to swing for the fences. I don't think there's going to be, you know, a rekindling with Juan Soto. I know that a lot of people have talked about that, but the front runner for Juan Soto, if you must know, because I get asked about Juan Soto quite often. Do you think it's possible, Dan, that Juan Soto comes back to the Nationals? Well, I hate to say it. I really don't think that that uh, is going to be the case. I would like to tell you that I think that it is, but, and, and, you know, I don't want to go down a, a rabbit hole, but I ultimately think that the Nationals are in a better position right now after the return that they got for Juan Soda than they were beforehand. And, I, and to those people, they would say, well, you could get the bo- best of both worlds. You yep. already got a return on him. How about you get him back? Sometimes it's best not to try to live in the past, live your life in the rearview mirror, trying to retread a tire. The Toronto uh, Blue Jays uh, are the front runners of everything that I've heard. I've also heard that there's been talks between him and the New York Yankees, but everything that I've heard thus far is that it's going to be Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, wouldn't that be something if that was the case? Uh, But Reese Hoskins, again, I've always liked his game. And uh, Jorge Soler, again, uh, just taking a look at some of the footage, looking at his stats, I think it would be an improvement. Uh, The report goes on to indicate that Washington has been very active in the starting pitching market to this point in the offseason, though it does not connect any specific names to the club. Now, this is what I'm going to talk about after the break: is the starting pitching. It's kind of been one of the bugaboos for this team for so many years. Uh, even if we want to take a look back to the year when they won the World Series, there were ups and there were downs, and it was you know kind of a ragtag group. And um, but it was a different time, you know. If you think back on it, when you had Scherzer, and you had Strasburg, and you had other big names on there. There are not a lot of those huge marquee names. There's a lot of what I would call raw talent out there. Um, And who are some of the names that are getting kicked out, kicked around out there? Um, Is there any, is there anything to those statements or are people just kind of pontificating and, and throwing it at the wall and seeing if it sticks? I'll talk about that coming up. Merry Baldsmith from our friends at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down to your chimney than the leaders and below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand-new performance package 5.0 Ultra, featuring the new Lawnmower 5.0. Watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use promo code MINUTECAST for 20 20% off, plus free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Manscaped's Package 5.0 Ultra is the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all. Included in this special sack is the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Manscaped's Liquid Formulations, and two free gifts. Starting with Santa's number one helper, we have the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This fifth-generation trimmer features two next-gen blade heads, a standard trimmer blade for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go for that smooth finish wherever your heart desires. The Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer features proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. Now that you've groomed the candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Crop Soother After Shave Lotion and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Ball Deodorant. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The gift of Manscaped doesn't stop there. This bundle comes with two free gifts. Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 Premium Underwear and the Shed 2.0 Toiletry Bag. Once you're done shaping up, it's only right you put your pants present in the best wrapping at all, the Boxers 2.0. These are seriously the best boxers i've ever worn get 20 percent off and free shipping with promo code minutecast at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code m-i-n-u-t-e-c-a-s-t manscaped get your jingle balls ready for the holidays welcome back into this edition of the talk nats podcast part of the believe podcast network simulcast on the Believe in Nationals podcast feed. So we're talking baseball this offseason in December. Uh, As I look out the window here, I do have a bit of snow. uh, And we are, you know, a a few months away from pitchers and catchers reporting. But it's a good time to talk about what needs to be addressed before that happens. Uh, What pitchers, uh, you know, need to be acquired? What positions around Uh, The field, the diamond need to be addressed before anything starts. Are we just going to go into next season as is? I ultimately don't think that that is the case. So if we take a look at some of the names that are are being rumored out there, uh, so I hear Matthew Boyd or Frankie Montas, uh, would those be viable options? Listen, we take a look at the Nationals rotation, and there are some gems. There is some raw talent out there. But sometimes that raw talent, is it ever going to be medium well or is it going to be well or is it always going to be raw talent? Let's take a look at, to start out here with Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray started the season really well, all the way up to the All-Star game. And then he kind of lost his way for, I don't know, what was it, about three weeks or so approximately. And then he had to kind of work on his mechanics a little bit and found his way. So Josiah Gray, I think, is ultimately going to be One of the bigger starters in the Nationals rotation. Still working on his game. He's still a young man. So let's give him a little bit of leeway there. But he still is a work in progress, suffices to say. But ultimately, I think the arrow is pointing up. Uh, Aunt Josiah Gray, so a bright spot on there. Uh, you take a look at Mackenzie Gore, uh, a good pitcher, a guy that kind of overthinks things a little bit. Uh, and then we know that Cade Cavalli uh, is going to be joining the team. Uh, last, uh, it was talked about was around June. So there's a lot of raw talent. And then you have kind of the snarled old veterans on this team, and I'm talking Patrick Corbin. You know, he's an interesting guy for me. And what, what am I saying is that uh, at the moment I'm getting ready to write him off as one of the worst... Nationals pitchers there is out there. He'll go on kind of a hot streak and have about two or three really great outings. And I'm like, am I wrong on him? Am I watching the wrong thing? Or is he just that inconsistent and all over the place? So Patrick Corbin is a bit of a mixed bag. And uh, Trevor Williams as well is a guy that, you know, wasn't I don't think he's what the Nationals thought he was going to be. Uh, When they picked him up, they were looking for, you know, a veteran, a guy that could eat up some innings. And I think that that's ultimately all it's about. But I think that there are some upgrades that can be uh, made there. So we know that Trevor Williams and Patrick Corbin can eat innings. That being said, the Nats starting staff posted a combined 5.02 ERA last season, the sixth worst. In the majors, what's more, the club's 5.30 FIP in the rotation was better than only the lowly Rockies. Um, so there is room for improvement, suffices to say. And I think that you know this is the time to talk about it. As we talk about you know potential free agents, Matthew Boyd or Frankie Montas to his rotation, uh, how would the how would what, would that be a big bolster? Not necessarily. I don't think that that's you know really the case. They're pretty much lower level. Free agents. I think that, you know, to a certain extent, you know, those are are good names. I think that, you know, to a certain extent that that uh, that they're going to have to open up the, the piggy bank a little bit and try to pick up one a bigger name starter. And I know that that kind of flies in the face of what you do in a rebuild, but I still think they need that ace. They need like a Max Scherzer or a Steven Strasburg back in his heyday to kind of anchor down. That starting rotation. As I look at the starting rotation for the Nationals next year, it is filled with a lot of maybes. Maybe he's going to be good. Maybe Josiah Gray will be how he was in the beginning of the season and towards the end of the season. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, maybe he can find his way. Uh, what is Cade Cavalli going to look like when he's on the team? And what can we expect from Patrick Horbin? and Trevor Williams. And those, you know, there's other guys in the mix there. You take a look at Adone out there and uh, uh, other, you know, outliers. We don't ultimately know what the starting rotation is going to look like until, you know, after spring training. I I don't think it's going to be quite the way we think it is going to be. I think that there's going to be, you know, a pitcher or two that's going to surprise at spring training and might earn a spot in the rotation. I don't know. Again, we're talking about baseball in December and the potential, I guess, is that they could go out and sign a big name free agent. But that's my belief as someone that's a fan of the team at the end of the day and does a podcast on the Nationals is I think that they need to go out and find a big name pitcher. Uh, I'm not going to say the biggest name pitcher out there, but a veteran that is going to be a leader to a lot of the younger players on the staff? I mean, could you think about how great it would be if they had a player that was like, and I'm going to say like, I'm not saying they should go out and pursue him, a player like a Max Scherzer that could be a leader and kind of a mentor for some of these younger pitchers out there? Uh, Because, you know, the veterans that they have on the team, I don't think are the guys that I really want them teaching lessons to the younger guys. I mean, I'm not trying to disparage Patrick Corbin or Trevor Williams, but they don't have that you know that that persuasion of like hey take a look at me take a look at my resume I'm one heck of a of a baseball player that they need someone like that and you know a great team starts with great pitching i think if you want to be in the game you have to have great pitching uh, of course you need great hitting as well but that's my belief as as i record this again uh, right now in the winter months is that is what they need to do they need to go out and pick up a big name starter. Um, also, just to kind of recap here a little bit, uh, positions of need. Of course, the third base uh, is is in question, as we talked about in the first segment. Uh, do they have viable options in house? Are they going to go in it with again with Carter Keboom? Are they going to to make a real move and try to be, bring Jamer Candelario back, uh, or is there like Brady House again, another raw talent? Uh, and then you take a look at the first base position with Dom Smith out. We know Joey Manessis has played there, but ultimately, I don't think that you know that's a, a, a you know a night in night out thing for Joey Manessis. I think he can play first base on on occasion, but I don't think he's going to be your everyday starter at first base. If that is the case, then I I, I really question a lot of the leadership's uh, decision making skills. I ultimately don't think that's the case, but a lot of questions. And of course, this is the off season. And this is a Nationals podcast, so we will continue to talk about this through the winter months. Yes, some Nationals podcasts have packed up the tent and head out of town. We're going to continue to talk about baseball, Nationals baseball, all winter long. And of course, when the season starts, we'll have podcasts on a more regular basis. But as it stands right now, uh, I'm excited to talk about what could be. What are some of the things that the Nationals could do to help bolster their lineup. Hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218. That's at D-A-N-C-A-P-S-218. And, and tell me your thoughts on uh, what, are, what are some of the big players out there that you think could really help bolster this Nationals team? So we're not one of those teams that's kind of wandering out in the wilderness for years. Because at the end of the day, you know, and I talk about this a lot in this show is it's about butts and seats and about sustainability. And the team's going to have money to spend on players. If there's, if there's fans in the stands and uh, part of it is having the belief. Uh, I want to believe that the nationals are going to be better than they were the previous year. And I think that most people believe that in their team. I don't think that a lot of people just follow their team because it's from their home state or their home city. They, they have a true belief that their team is going to be better. Um, and, you know, that, that that's the belief that I want to have as a Nationals fan, that I know that they're probably not going to win the World Series next year, but they're going to be better than they were the year before. And maybe, you know, some more building blocks are put into place like, wow, that guy stepped up and now we got this position, you know, solidified so we can move on to the next position and turn this into a team that is going to be a competitive team in years to come. Uh, I don't want this to be a perennial loser team like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, You know, that's the first kind of knee jerk reaction. How do you how are you a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, you know, from Pittsburgh and you go into each season going, I'm feeling positive about this season. Uh, I want to take whatever you're taking because I, there's nothing I could take that would make me feel that optimistic about being a Pirates fan. I don't want that to be the case being a Nationals fan. I want to, you know, go into the season Uh, With promise that, you know, this is going to be an improved season over the last season. And I think that Rizzo's the guy. I like Davey Martinez. We know we got them at the helm, kind of running the ship. uh, That the team's going to be in a good position. Let's hope they can keep moving. Let's hope they can keep building. And, you know, that, you know, they kind of do make some moves. If it's Jamer Candelario. Uh, If it's picking up that big name starting pitcher like I talked about. Let's keep making moves in the right direction. Uh, gets me excited about talking about this next season. I hope you guys are excited as well. Again, make sure and hit that follow or subscribe button on the Talk Nats podcast with Dan Holmey or uh, the Believe in Nationals podcast. Is That is what these shows are about, is the love of Nationals baseball. And this is what we do year round. And I know I host uh, Locked On Capital, so that takes up a lot of my time. In the winter months primarily and up into the spring. But I still have a great love for Nationals baseball. That's why I do this show at the end of the day. And uh, I, I hope you're long for the ride. And I hope you like listening about, you know, what can be. I'm not claiming to have the the answer right now. I'm just talking about potential solutions. You know, in this case, it were, there were a handful of players brought up by the guys over at Talk Nats, And I, I read the article and I thought, well, that's food for thought. I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. Uh, Ultimately, I like where their head's at. I think, you know, the the guys over at TalkNats, they eat, sleep, walk, talk, Nationals, baseball, 24-7, 365. So if they kind of put something to the front burner and say, hey, Dan, take a look at this, I'm going to take a look at it. You should do that too. So uh, when you're done listening to this podcast, of course, head on over to TalkNats.com. Of course, they have a really big presence on Twitter at TalkNats. Again, if you are a Nationals fan, That is the place to be because those guys are plugged in when it comes to Nationals baseball. I'm just lucky enough to do a podcast uh, for the Talk Nats podcast. So once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, and I'll talk to you again next time.